We acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded, ancestral, and occupied traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Nation, the people of the three fires known as Ojibwe, Odawa, and Potawatomi Nations. And furthermore, we thank the Chippewa of Saugeen and the Chippewa of Nawash, now known as the Saugeen Ojibwe Nation, who are the traditional keepers of this land. In some parts of Canada, treaties were signed with First Nations that gave incoming settlers rights to much of the land, while in other areas, few or no treaties were signed. Unceded land was never given or legally signed away to Britain or Canada. It was stolen and continues to be occupied and governed by settlers today. As we live, work, surf, and play, we say mahalo to the Métis, Inuit, and Indigenous peoples of Turtle Island and from around the world who have stewarded these lands and sacred surf spots for thousands of years. We recognize their amazing resistance, resilience, and strength in the face of ongoing dispossession, colonial violence, and injustice. In particular, we wish for justice to be brought for the murdered and missing Indigenous children and victims of Canada's residential school system. We believe that for true healing and harmony to occur, we must end the cycle of oppression while working together as we move forward in truth and reconciliation. We can be better. We can do better. Welcome to Permastote. I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. In this podcast, we talk to your favorite surfers and stand-up paddleboarders from across the Great Lakes, Canada, the U.S., and beyond. We take a peek into their lives and find out what it means to be stoked. Is it a natural state of euphoria, elation, a relentless commitment? I also talk to other permastoked individuals with ties to surf culture, such as artists, entrepreneurs, environmentalists, filmmakers, musicians, and much more. Join us each week in learning from these field experts and enthusiasts, while also being inspired by their undying passion, insights, and rad tales. Permastoked is presented by Freshwater Surf Goods, your surf brand devoted to spreading the stoke across the unsalted seas and cultivating pride amongst the surf community. We do this by providing products and apparel that celebrate the awesomeness of both Great Lakes and Canadian surf culture. Stand out in the tribe by rocking our gear today. But hey, don't just stand around on the beach looking cool. Check out our Stoke Academy and try surfing or stand up paddleboarding. Get away to Ontario's magnificent Bruce Peninsula, where we offer Paddle Canada certified basic and advanced sub courses private lessons, tours, subsurfing, and even beginner surfing lessons. Visit www.freshwatersurfgoods.com to sign up for your freshwater fantasy. is a beloved and indispensable part of our lives. As the most biologically diverse Great Lake, a major drinking water source, and the site of countless memories made, Lake Erie is essential to not only humans, but the well-being of our entire ecosystem. 
But the health of our lake is currently under serious pressure from annual, often toxic, algal blooms that threaten aquatic animal and human health. It's threatened by plastics pollution that is accumulating at an alarming rate. And finally, by invasive species that's disrupting the ecosystem's balance. The compounding pressures of climate change also makes matters worse. In order to recover and prosper, Lake Erie needs our attention and help. Each summer, athletes from across the watershed come together for one legendary event, the Lake Erie Challenge, all to raise awareness and funds for our beloved lake. In this episode, meet the athletes and staff from Canadian Freshwater Alliance. This year, we have three teams of athletes, Team Sup, Team Wingfoil, and Team Caldwell. Stay tuned to hear from Raj Gill, Tom, Tim Blanchard, Sarah Chajniki, Patricia Kittleberger, Barad Petrus, Derek Hyatt, and your hosts, Ashley Vanderpalkran, Kelly Laferre, and Julia Foodie. Sorry about my stumbling around those names a little bit. This is a little tricky there. But hey, when you donate to the Lake Erie Challenge, you're supporting the Lake Erie Guardians and their work improving the health of the Lake Erie watershed, including water quality monitoring, the reintroduction of native plants, advocacy for freshwater protection, and more. With your support, we can equip even more citizens to become caretakers of Lake Erie. This year, our athletes want to raise $7,500 so we can continue and expand our Lake Erie Guardians program in 2022. Help us reach our fundraising goal. Visit freshwateralliance.ca slash Lake Erie Challenge and donate today. Mahalo. It's Ashley here, and I'm here with Raj today, and we're going to be chatting chatting a little bit about the Lake Erie Challenge. So, Raj, do you mind starting us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and the challenge? Sure. Thanks, Ashley. Um, So my name is Raj Gill. I'm the Great Lakes Program Director at the Canadian Freshwater Alliance. And uh, part of my work is working on Lake Erie and highlighting some of the issues and getting uh, making progress on the health of Lake Erie. Uh, And that's where the Lake Erie Challenge comes in. A few years ago, I was uh, working with some recreational businesses and groups and uh, one of the swimmers Josh Reed who I had invited to to meet with sort of um, after the meeting was like you know Raj I've got this crazy idea and so he he kind of called me and texted me and it's like come on no we really got to talk about this and uh, and so the idea really started with Josh four years ago and he's like you know I love swimming. That's what I know. I love the lake. I don't know all the issues about the lake, but I certainly love the lake. And how can I help and how can we work together doing what I love to do, which is swimming in the lake? And so the the Lake Erie Challenge, the idea for the challenge came about uh, that year, four years ago. And essentially what it was, was Josh and three other swimmers, and they decided to do a 24-hour swim in the lake, uh, stopping at, at 10 different locations. So they started in the Detroit, Detroit River. Um, I think it was like 5.30 in the morning and ended at, uh, around 5.36 uh, was their last, when their last swim started at Crystal Beach at the end, at the east end of the lake. 
And so that was the origins of the Lake Erie Challenge. And really what it was was a combination of celebrating the lake. And so it was sort of a, a lot, it's both a love letter to the lake as well as a call to action, right? And so like, man, this lake's amazing. This is how we use it. This is what we love about it. Here's all the amazing wildlife and, and uh, amazing qualities of the lake. And also here's some of the issues that it's facing and raising awareness about the issues. And so really it's combining those two pieces together uh, and, and making it a, a celebration and a call to action. That's awesome. So it started as a swim, but today we're, this year we're venturing into the fourth year and it's evolved a little bit from that. Can you tell us a little bit about how it's grown? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so every year the Lake uh, Lake Erie Challenge is different in terms of the activities that are, are undertaken and, uh, and, you know, keeps it fresh. And it also highlights the different ways people use the lake and, and participate in, and love the lake. And so this year, uh, it's a combination of uh, stand-up paddleboarding and wing foiling, as well as some canoeing. And so it's going to be at the other end of the lake. Uh, first year was all over the lake. Then the second year was the east end of the lake. And, and now we're moving to the west end of the lake. So it'll start around uh, Cedar Beach. Uh, and the wing foilers are going from Cedar Beach to Pelea Island and back. And the stand-up paddleboarders are going from Cedar Beach to Le- Leamington. Uh, and then there's a youth team from Caldwell First Nation that'll be sort of paddling in the last four kilometers with the stand-up paddleboarders from from the marina, approximately the marina in Leamington, over to Peely Wings. Awesome. And it's all, while the, the structure has changed, the cause is all the same. We're raising awareness and they're doing a little bit of fundraising as well. Is that right? That's right. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's every year it evolves and, and certainly COVID's thrown some curveballs, but, uh, nonetheless, we, we move on. And, uh, so this year, as I mentioned, Peely Wings is the end location. They've, they've jumped on board because, you know, as an outdoor store, uh, store that loves to get people out on the lake, uh, whether it be for bird watching or for paddling, uh, lake's health is near and dear to their heart. Uh, and so they've partnered with us this year to help raise awareness and, and they'll be, you know, hosting the athletes for for a barbecue at the end of the day, uh, as well as doing some uh, sup and sip events and that kind of stuff to to raise money for for the event, uh, as well as Peely Island Winery actually is another big partner this year. They've um, given us a donation uh, for the cause and are also going to be writing some blog posts and doing some social media about what the lake means to them, why it's so important, the lake's health, raising awareness. And they're hosting the wing foilers over at uh, Peely Island itself um, for, for again, for lunch, for some uh, educational events and activities with EcoWorks, which is uh, an organization on the island. And so um, I could go on and on about all the amazing partners and maybe I'll leave it there, but uh, certainly head on over to our website if you want to learn more. But just it's a really uh, it's a great way to bring the community together and just so show all the different aspects, right? From wineries to outdoor stores to NGOs and community groups to uh, the Lake Erie Guardians, which is where, you know, you mentioned the fundraising piece. That's where where the the raised funds go towards every year from the challenge. Awesome. And you've touched on this a little bit, but we know there are some problems facing Lake Erie. Can you dive into what those are and why it's important that we tackle them? 
Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the big issues that's sort of near and dear to to my heart, and and I think many of the athletes as well, is the algae blooms that uh, sort of plague the lake every year. Um, certainly, the western end of the lake experiences uh, harmful al- algae blooms uh, that can be sometimes be toxic, uh, and have been in past years been toxic. So you know, several years ago, it actually sh- the, the bloom was so bad it shut the drinking water supply to the city city of Toledo. So over 400,000 people uh, in the city were without water. That's on the U.S. side. Uh, People on Pili Island were also affected and and couldn't use their their tap water. Uh, And so that's a big issue. Uh, You know, if you swim in that kind of water, uh, you can get sick. It's a a neurotoxin every year. There's animals that die just from swimming in the lake, um, both Lake Erie or anywhere else where there's toxic algae blooms. And so that's a certainly a big, big issue for us and a a big concern for for residents and athletes. Um, There's also a different kind of algae bloom on the east end of the lake called Clodophora, which again makes the, just really fouls the beaches. Uh, it's harmful for wildlife. And so it makes it hard for, for shorebirds to nest and, and can cause botulism and all kinds of stuff in wildlife. So just really uh, crappy stuff and something that we can do, you know, that we need better regulation around that we need the government to take action on to, to really clean up. Yeah. And could you tell us where that algae is coming from? Why these blooms are happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a big part of it is phosphorus and phosphorus, uh, phosphorus is a, a nutrient. Uh, you know, big part of it is, is used on agricultural land to help plants grow, which is, which is great because they need those nutrients to grow. But the same way that they help plants on land grow, they also help the algae in the water grow. Uh, and so what you really want to do is keep that phosphorus on the land and prevent it from getting into the water. And so it's a lot of phosphorus management in terms of being careful about how, how much is being applied when it's being applied. Uh, so that's a, a big contributor. And then there are also, um, you know, leaking septic systems if you're on the water, uh, and you have a septic system that's not being well maintained. Our poop and animal poop is all loaded with phosphorus. Uh, and we got to keep that out of the water and work hard to do that as well. So that's another source of, of phosphorus as well. And then climate change doesn't help either, right? Uh, yeah. Awesome. So how is the Lake Erie Challenge going to help with these issues? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, you know, I've already mentioned sort of the awareness raising piece, both in, in terms of uh, different way us and our partners are, are putting out uh, educational pieces about some of the issues, uh, certainly media coverage, uh, the athletes like to talk about what's what's important and raise awareness that way and the different community groups that get involved. Uh, but then the other piece of that is the fundraising. So the funds raised through the Lake Erie Challenge go to support the Lake Erie Guardians. And these are um, citizens and residents residents in the community, all, you know, in various communities along Lake Erie that are out there, um, you know, doing citizen water sampling. So sampling the water, um, you know, pulling invasive species, doing shoreline restoration, and also helping to raise awareness about what we can do uh, to protect the lake. Um, and then they're also getting involved in, in advocacy. And that's a piece that we work on as well. So really uh, trying to improve government policy and action and ensure that the government is committing funds towards cleaning up Lake Erie, uh, towards protecting it, towards helping farmers 
implement best practices that will keep the phosphorus on the land and prevent it from getting in the water, uh, you know, supporting communities, supporting farmers, supporting landowners to do uh, what's right by the lake. Awesome. So it sounds like you're really taking a multi-pronged approach to capture a bunch of different of the, um, not capture, but it sounds like you're taking a multi-pronged approach to the problems that are facing Lake Erie, which is what you would have to do when you have so many things going on. Well, absolutely, right? It's like what uh, what happens on land is what affects the, the quality of the water. And, uh, you know, with a third of the population of the Great Lakes watershed living in Lake, around Lake Erie, uh, both on the U.S., Canadian and Canadian side, um, it's going to take all our communities to actually protect the lake. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Raj. And where can we find more information about the Lake Erie Challenge? So if you go to lakeeriechallenge.ca, that'll give you a whole lot more info. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. So thank you again for being here with us today, Tim. And I was wondering if you could start with telling us a little bit about yourself, your hometown, your sport that you'll be participating in the challenge with, and your age, if you're willing to share. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, my name is uh, Tim Blanchard. I'm uh, 46, and I'm from Puce, a little town uh, just outside of Windsor. Um, I grew up there. Um, it's not that far from uh, from Lake St. Clair, so I grew up uh, just kind of down the road from the lake. And um, I started uh, windsurfing in high school and uh, then uh, lived, uh, kind of traveled after university and lived out west and got into uh, kiting. And then uh, last couple of years, we've uh, been kind of experimenting with foiling and, uh, and now wing foiling. Cool. And so wing foiling is when the board has the other, I call it a mini board attached to the bottom of it, but I know that's not right at all. <laughs> it's, it's basically a, uh, an airplane under the, the board basically. And it, uh, it allows the, uh, board to rise up out of the water. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it provides lift. And, uh, so in the, uh, kind of the sailing world, it's been around for a while. They've kind of been experimenting with the, the hydrofoils with like racing sailboats, and that's kind of where uh, that kind of got into the kind of uh, kiting and uh, windsurfing and now uh, the wing foiling um, realm of uh, water sports. Cool. And wing foiling is a pretty new sport overall. Do you know anything about the history of it? Can you tell us a little bit about the history of it? Um, it kind of started with Laird Hamilton uh, using the foil in uh kind of outside breaks in Hawaii uh, in kind of the early 2000s. And uh, he actually had uh, rigged up um, snowboard bindings. So you had to like clamp in and he'd get towed in uh, with a a jet ski. And that kind of, there was some people that uh, kind of, that kind of caught on in Hawaii for a while, but it it was really difficult um, because you were like basically you know, attached directly to the board. So if you wiped out, you were like stuck upside down under the water and, and only the true like professional water, uh, watermen were kind of experimenting it. It kind of, there wasn't many kind of, uh, general, um, populace kind of getting into it. It was, you know, only the, the top, top riders, um, that had the skill level to be able to, uh, to play around with it. And, uh, and then uh, foiling started to, the foil started to be incorporated into uh, kiting. 
So maybe like 2010, we started to see uh, foils added to kiteboards, and uh, that really kind of took off and uh, has been uh, is a large part of the the sport now of, of kiteboarding uh, foiling. And uh, just a couple of years ago, um, the wings um, came into being where uh, the wings had kind of been played around with a while ago, uh, maybe like the uh, 80s and 90s. There was this uh, setup called the wind weapon, which was kind of like a, a, a windsurfing setup with a, a boom that uh, kind of uh, hinged and you could actually like jump with the windsurfing board and then actually fly, you'd actually pull over your head and you'd actually just be able to like float. Um, so that was uh, kind of developed in the eighties, but kind of didn't catch on. And uh, the winging really didn't, doesn't work that well with uh, just a plane board. It's the, the hydrofoil in combination with the actual hand wing is what really um, drove the sport to uh, develop in the last couple of years. Awesome. Cool, thank you. I was curious about the history, but I couldn't really find anything clear online. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty obscure in the early two thousands. Um, you'd yeah. sometimes see a couple pictures in like a surfing magazine or a windsurfing magazine, but like no foiling magazine. Like there, there's several foiling magazines now, and uh, um, like YouTube channels just devoted to foiling and stuff. So it's it's pretty new. Yeah. And you are pretty, you're pretty experienced. I'd say you're pretty deep into it. Um, uh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into it? You said you started as a surfer and then moved into other things. We'd love yeah. to hear a little bit more about your journey then. Um, so I started like kite foiling, uh, like 2012, I think I started. And I had a friend who was um, kind of experimenting, developing foils in uh, Grand Bend area. So I've uh, kind of, been uh kind of in the uh realm of kind of r d with the foils for a while um and when we first started seeing wing foiling in say 2016 2017 we we kind of blew it off that it was this um weird fringe thing that would never uh catch on and it, it, it always takes one of the top riders like robbie nash who um, same in the early, like 1999, 2000, he, uh, like he was the world champion windsurfer for like basically two decades, the top windsurfer. And in like 99, 2000, he started kiting. And then it just takes that top guy to switch over for people mm -hmm. to be like, huh, if he's doing it and he sees that there's some potential to it, then, you know, there must be something to it. So when Robbie started wing foiling in uh, like 2017, 2018, we started seeing videos and pictures of him like ripping it up, like legit, you know, doing, you know, because at first you'd just see these guys and, you know, they were kind of, you'd never see anyone doing um, any moves or, or looking like they were having fun. It just mm -hmm. took you know, a couple of the top pros to be out in waves and be ripping around and just riding waves endlessly to be like, wow, that's, I want to do that. Um, yeah. so when Robbie Nash started and then his company, they started producing, of course, and there wasn't much gear at the time as well. So when, when uh, Robbie Nash, who's the owner of uh, Nash, um, which is a very large, uh, they make surfboards, kiteboarding gear, windsurfing gear, uh, gear. He, uh, started producing wings, of course, that, uh, like, so just 2000 and, uh, 19, he started uh, producing wings. So, 
that's why, um, you know, and there were just these couple of fringe little companies making them up, up until then. And as soon as uh, Nash started producing them, kind of all the other kiteboarding and windsurfing companies started making them. So now pretty much every company that makes windsurfing gear now or kiting gear makes a wing specific uh, hand wing as well. So it just took that, you know, one innovator to kind of, you know, leading industry innovator to get into the sport, to kind of lead the, um, get everyone else into it. So awesome. Yeah. It just, just takes one domino sometimes big domino, obviously though. <laughs> uh, can you tell us a little bit about your favorite memory of Lake Erie? Cause you'll be participating in the Lake Erie challenge and you'll be wing foiling across it. So we're wondering if you have any, any cherished memories that you'd like to share with us. Yeah, uh, well, um, I grew up on Lake St. Clair and I was always kind of envious of Lake Erie, the larger lake that had larger waves. Um, I can remember as a as a kid going down with my parents to Lake Point Pelee and it seemed like every time we would go to visit the park, it would always be super windy and there'd be these massive waves crashing along the shoreline. I was like, was a little bit jealous that we didn't get those type of waves on Lake St. Clair. And uh I remember going uh, over to Peely Island. I think I was maybe like eight or nine years old and uh, in a massive storm and, you know, everyone is like um, seasick and uh, I, I was loving it though. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that kind of um, made uh, me kind of intrigued with kind of the, the wave aspect of, of Lake Erie. And uh, I mean, I've had so many um, countless like excellent surfing and, and kiting days um, in waves it, it's you know it's hard to even like uh think of the the top memories i have but yeah those those early memories of lake erie definitely stick in my mind uh, the ferry ride and just uh, always going point peely and uh seeing these massive waves crashing especially um a lot more would have been in the mid 80s when the record high levels uh, were also present so uh um, when there was like a lot of flooding on the shoreline areas and uh, and such so um it seemed much more intense than uh uh, especially, you know, thinking back, uh, as a childhood memory, but, uh, yeah. so I've always kind of had this fascination with waves and, uh, I think that kind of, uh, developed it. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. That'd be crazy. They have these massive waves and you're this little kid watching them go. Especially, uh, along Sea Cliff Drive, um, just outside of Leamington, it's like the cottages are literally like right on the lake they, mm -hmm. some of the cottages have maybe like 10 or 15 feet between them and their break wall so it literally you would see waves crashing up over the break wall like looking like they were just engulfing the houses so that was a, a prominent memory uh, from my childhood i've talked to a few of you making a challenge athletes now and you've all been very like oh the storms are amazing like they blew my <laughs> mind <laughs> and i think there's some some thread that's bringing you all together there mm, definitely can you tell us a little bit about why you wanted to get involved in the Lake Erie Challenge this year? Um, well, I heard I've, I've kind of followed it over the last couple of years and uh, I wanted to get involved earlier. Um, but uh, with kiting, the logistics were just too difficult. We needed um, fairly strong wind and uh, we needed a large beach to be able to launch and land from. And then if something went wrong during the crossing, um, just the, the kite lines make it uh, a little bit hard to deal with if just say something happened halfway, like out in the middle of Lake Erie. Um, but with the wing foiling, it's uh, a lot of those logistical issues are uh, eliminated. 
Um, even if just say the wind were to die completely on me, I can actually um, ride the wake of the support boat and actually just drop my wing and actually just, so I'm not being pulled. So I'm not being pulled by the boat. I'm actually just riding the actual wake of the support boat. So I'm still under my own power. Um, it's not like I'm just like getting towed across. And uh, so then you know, if there is a portion of time during the event that the wind does die, I can just do that. I can just uh, pass the wing off to the boat and just ride the wake and just say the wind does come back up. I can easily, it's just much smaller than a kite is and there's no lines to deal with. So it's very, I could very easily uh, like continue on if the wind did pick up. And uh, so logistically um, with the winging, it's much easier. And uh, just uh, like I'm a teacher at Leamington, we have a very uh, active uh, environmental group um, looking at uh, um, environmental issues. And that's the other kind of reason I thought that they would think that that was something that they would want to get involved to us. So I've kind of contacted them and uh, they're definitely on board um, with uh, kind of helping out with it and uh, getting involved. Awesome. Yeah, I guess um, I didn't know that you could ride the board with no wing, but I guess if you have that airplane aspect going on, then you're just, you're coasting along in that wave for the wake of a boat, then it just lets you carry on. I'm sure you have to do, like surfers, they pump their board. You have to do like a little bit of that. Recently, yeah, you can pump it. And uh, because of the, uh, the foil, it's much more efficient. There's no drag mm -hmm. at all. So mm -hmm. you can literally... Um, there's something called dock starting where you just run off the end of a dock and actually just jump on the board, and just can pump for hundreds or almost like a kilometer. Now the guys are doing it with the, the gear is just really uh, advancing right now. So, you know, things that, you know, a year or two ago that we thought were not possibly possible are now like easily uh, doable with the, the new gear. So it's, it's pretty exciting time. Um, with all these new companies getting into it and trying to advance the sport. So it's uh, definitely um, like kiting um, has been around for like 20, 25 years. So it was kind of starting to say plateau. Mm. Um, you know, R&D was kind of almost like you couldn't make the kites more efficient. But with the the foiling, since it's only a couple of years old, it's like every year there's all these like crazy new advancements mm. and the sport is just like evolving like um, incredibly. Yeah. So like every single new version of gear is just so much better than the previous one. And this is like happening like every six months. Yeah. Well, it's, it's an exciting time to be in the sport right now. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And you're, you are going to be wing foiling to um, Peely Island and back yes. from yeah. Leamington or from somewhere else? So from uh, Kingsville area, uh, Cedar beach, um, yeah. two point Peely and then uh, back into uh um, Kings, uh, Leamington, sorry. So it's about, uh, 45 kilometers. Wow. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. Thing, I'm glad you have that support boat. Cause that seems like yeah, it would be really feasible without like an open lake crossing without a support boat would, uh, not be that, uh, that wise. So, be a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like the, uh, the guys are doing the, uh, the sup, they'll be kind of following the the shoreline. So, um, they'll always be kind of within, um, you know, within reach basically of shore, but whereas I'm going to be actually crossing directly through, uh, kind of the middle of, uh, Lake Erie. So a little bit different, uh, you know, if something were to happen, you really, uh, do need a support boat. So yeah. have you done a distance like that before? Um, well, in a normal day when you're just riding, you would cover like that distance, 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, cool. you know, just say a session where you, uh, a lot of guys will, you know, I wear my watch and it'll be like, you know, I'll log like 40 or 50 kilometers in, you know, a three hour session. So, mm-hmm. uh, participating, it'll take about three hours. Um, again, depending on like two to four, depending on the variables of the wind speed and, uh, uh what the water conditions are. <laughs> Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And speaking of water conditions, are there any threats to Lake Erie's health that really concern you in particular? Um, of course, um, kind of water quality issues, um, especially, uh, you know, after heavy rainfalls uh, with the runoff, um, definitely uh, you hear of surfers getting, uh, you know, um, I mean, I myself get sinus infections quite regularly. It's just kind of just, you just deal with it. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of new, uh, people getting into surfing in the great lakes and, um, it's, it's kind of almost like people who have been doing it for, you know, 15, 20 years. It's almost like you, you do actually kind of build up an immunity to it, the, mm. uh, the bacteria, but, um, it's weird. Uh, like I've never really had any say rashes or anything, but a lot of the newer, uh, surfers are reporting, you know, they're getting rashes and like mm-hmm. severe, like science infections and stuff. So we kind of forget, um, you know, the water quality issues just cause we kind of get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, uh, health concerns related with water quality and, you know, the, of course the, uh, um, toxic, uh, blue green algae, um, which, uh, you know, it, it's, it's always unnerving in the fall when they're, you know, I'm checking out the maps and seeing it slowly inch its way towards Leamington mm-hmm. and uh, wondering if it, you know, how that's going to impact our water quality. Um, so it's always something, you know, in September, October that we're kind of worried and, uh, kind of, uh, always checking to make sure that, uh, you know, that, uh, algae bloom isn't, uh, kind of moving into our area. So. Cause it's not just your recreation water. That is your, your drinking water and your hydroelectric power. And there's, there's a lot going on with the lake. I think I'm from BC. So. Yes. And yeah. I mean, our, our fishing industry, which you know most people don't really realize how uh, important the sport fishing and even the commercial fishing industry is locally mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean for you to see all these people coming together with other Lake Erie citizens to for the challenge and to kind of try to create this change uh well it's pretty exciting um it for me it's uh you know sometimes i'll mention to my students or they'll ask me about surfing or, or kiting or winging and uh you know i'll be like well don't you ever go down to the beach You're like no we, we never you know, we'd never even think of going into the water and i'm like um it just uh you know, we have this resource here that I think is very underutilized. Um, so I'm hoping that it kind of draws um, kind of uh, interest into uh, the water body that we have. Like, you know, we do have a fairly large uh, stand-up paddleboarding community that's kind of been developed over the past couple of years. But um, like the general public, a lot of um, general public don't really know um, know about it. It's kind of like a kind of almost like an underground scene. So. Um, I think that'll kind of, uh, hopefully help, um, uh, promote, uh, stand up paddleboarding and just, you know, the, the waterways that we do have locally and uh, show that we do have a active local water sports community and, uh, like stores like PLA wings are really, uh, working hard to, uh, you know, get people out and enjoying the, uh, the, uh, resource that we do have. And, you know, when people, you know, people appreciate it more 
when they're actually out in the water, you know, if you never spend any time in the water, when you, you know, say you, you know, you just throw something out and it ends up going into the, uh, you know, the uh, storm sewer and then out into the lake, you don't really think about, but when you're spending as much time in the water as we are, you know, that's something that's always on your mind. That's mm-hmm. um, directly going to impact me, you know, that, mm-hmm. uh, um, whatever's going to the, you know, the storm sewers and eventually will end up, you know, where I'm on the playground, basically. Yeah. They say you can't protect something or truly care about something if you don't really know it. So mm-hmm. getting people out on the beach and out on the water, yeah, I can see how they would suddenly realize what the fantastic resource they have, like you said. Exactly. Um, yeah, we're reaching the end of our list of questions here. So the last one will make it a little bit lighter. Is there any uh, fun fact about yourself that you'd like to share with our audience? Um, what do you think, Chris? Fun fact. Yeah. Oh, I used to be. Yeah. I, well, I, I was a, a pro kite surfer for uh, several years. How many um, years? I don't know, like six years. Um, Victoria. I'm trying to think any any things during my travels that were interesting how many places have you been to uh well i lived a year in australia and uh new zealand and i've been to central america i lived in like vancouver island for four years oh i i i uh spent three summers camping at nitnat and windsurfing for like two months actually the one year i think it would have been 99 i i kited like 40 days in a row oh my and, gosh uh, at uh at nitnat uh, which is just uh an amazing place on uh, the west coast of Vancouver Island. Um, I once got detained in customs in New Zealand. <laughs> Darius, <laughs> why? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't think of anything. Oh, that... those are all great. 40 days of kite surfing. This is obviously something that is a real part of who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Awesome. Well, before we close out, I just want to ask, is there anything else you want to mention that we haven't talked about? Um, I just maybe like to uh, um, see uh, like a shout out to like my former students at LDSS. And I'm hoping that uh, um, for this SUP paddle, um, it's like a, there's going to be a community paddle. It's kind of built in the event. And I'm hoping uh, that uh, some of my uh, former students or current students will uh, take part in that. It'll be interesting to see them at the end uh, at PLA Wings. Um, so I'm hoping I'll, I'm hoping to see some of my uh, former or current students uh, at the uh, community paddle portion of the uh, of the event. Yeah, awesome. The Lions, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, Lincoln Lions. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. And with that, I'm going to pause or end this recording. Hi everyone, my name is Kelly and I'm with the Canadian Freshwater Alliance as an education coordinator based out of Windsor, Ontario. Hi, my name is Julia and I'm the education coordinator in Port Rowan, Ontario. And today we're here to talk about our fourth annual Lake Erie Challenge. This year we are thrilled to have three amazing teams who are taking to the water on August 28th and traveling a combined 80 kilometers on Lake Erie all to celebrate the lake and raise awareness and funds to protect its health. We're so happy to be here talking with one of our awesome team SUP members, Sarah, who is a stand-up paddleboarder. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. Do you mind starting off by telling us a little bit about yourself? 
Um, hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to uh, do the Lake Erie Challenge. I've been paddleboarding for about three years now, so I'm fairly new to the sport, but um, not new to water sports. I, uh, I really love anything to do with the water. I've been scuba diving for a long time, probably about maybe 15, 18 years. Um, I lived overseas and I did a lot of surfing. So basically anything with the water. So when I discovered uh, paddleboarding a few years ago, I just fell in love with it. I love being able to get out on the water and um, recently purchased a race board. So that gets me out there training and able to really get a good workout. So that's, uh, that's pretty much it right now but you know so that's awesome so in the challenge you'll be paddling 25 kilometers which is a pretty impressive distance um I know you said you're newish to the sport but do you have any experience with long distance paddles like that um yeah actually uh last week I did a the um Molokai to Oahu mm. uh, virtual race. Um, and that was 25.75 kilometers, 16 miles. So however, that we did that in the river. So there was a bit of an assist with that. Um, still a little nervous for the Lake Erie. <laughs> I think doing the math that we probably without the assist, it was probably somewhere around 18 kilometers or something like that. And by the end of it, I was pretty tired. So, um, it's going to be quite the challenge, but, uh, that's the name of the game. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it and uh, really just being able to push myself and, you know, raise money and, you know, help create awareness for it and everything. So I'm, I'm really excited. That's really great. Um, do you have a favorite memory of Lake Erie? Um, I would say probably my first time scuba diving there. Um, it was uh, probably, oh my gosh, it was like maybe... 18 or 17 or 18 years ago. And, uh, we headed out for, it was my first boat charter for scuba diving and, um, was super excited. We couldn't really find the marker in the water. The, the captain had a bit issue with it. So we got there late and got in the water, um, as the sun was setting, which was really neat, but also a little scary too. getting down in the water as it was getting dark, we were coming up and it was almost dark out. But, uh, I would say that's probably my most like memorable experience with it for sure but we're out there all the time so lots of good experiences with the kids and yeah wow that sounds that sounds really amazing <laughs> um what made you want to get involved in the Lake Erie challenge um well actually a friend of mine who's kind of been like a mentor to me uh Brad Petrus did it last year I think he unofficially completed it I don't know what that means but I I know he was out there doing like 50 kilometers or something like that and I just think it's awesome um that you know, that people are creating awareness for it. There is a huge problem with all of our waterways. I think not just in, you know, not just Lake Erie, but in the world. Um, so anytime that I can get my, get in and do something more hands-on, like day to day, I try and do my best with um, how I live my life, right? We try and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Um, but just recently I was thinking like, I want to be able to get out there and do more rather than just, you know, kind of being, you know, doing what I do, just doing something more hands-on. And um, so when, you know, it was presented to me, I was all over that. I'm super excited to do it. Anything that I can do to help and, you know, try and make a difference. Yeah, that's a really good segue into our next question. Um, what threats to the lake health really concern you? 
Um, I would say like all of them are concerning, first of all, but um, just the cleanliness of the water, the algae blooms. Um, my fit, my kids swim in there all the time. And, um, you know, like they're going underwater and stuff like that. So just being able to clean up the water, like people drink that water. It's, you know, it's, um, it's just a huge issue. Right. And the, um, the algae bloom killing the fish and the wildlife, I, I think all of it really to me is, is concerning in as a whole. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of issues happening at once. Right. Yeah. Um, so you touched on this a little bit before about the importance of getting involved for yourself, but this year it feels pretty amazing. You know, we have team Caldwell, team SUP, which you're on and team Wingfoil. Um, we have a great crew with a bunch of different paddling sports going on. So we're just wondering what does it mean to you to be coming together with all of these other Lake Erie citizens for this challenge? Um, it, it means a lot. I think it's awesome to be able to kind of break into this community. Cause for me being fairly new to it, um, um, I'm like, I'm familiar with the freshwater Alliance, um, but just meeting people that are all involved with it and, um, just kind of having that network of people, like, like just knowing like-minded people like myself. Um, I think that's awesome. It's, it's a great experience so far, just meeting everyone. And yeah, I'm looking forward to just building relationships with people that, um, also, you know, share the same views. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great group. And I'm really excited to actually be able to meet in person <laughs> soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so um, I think that's all of our questions overall. But we just want to know, is there anything else that you want to mention or talk about that we haven't touched on yet? I don't think so. Um, I think that pretty much covers it all. Yeah, maybe to yeah. go donate to Sarah's fundraising page everyone go. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that would be great. Awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. And we're so thrilled that you're involved in taking the Lake Erie challenge this year. Thank you guys so much. Really. I think it's amazing what you guys are doing. And, um, even before I joined the freshwater Alliance, um, I was already, I had followed your group and last year we raised some money. I raised some money. We did a paddle. I think it's amazing that you guys are doing what you're doing. And so thank you really (laughs) for for letting take place, you know? Oh, that's really kind. It's really been so enjoyable so far and I'm excited. You guys, I must say you are doing the hard work on August 28th for sure. (laughs) Yeah. We're hoping for it's as team, uh, the wing foil team is hoping for wind and as the paddle team, we're, we're literally hoping for contradicting weather. So, um, I don't know how that's going to go down, but, um, you know, it is a pretty we'll, funny we'll setup, you know, it we'll is be. right. Yeah. Like we're hoping for like the least wind possible and they're hoping for, you know, a good amount of wind. So we'll see how it all goes. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, Julia, are there any other points that we haven't touched on no I think that's everything thank you so much Sarah thank you guys I'm glad that we finally made it happen I I've been waiting uh, everything on social media um so this is good because it's getting down to crunch time now and I want to start raising some money (laughs) (laughs) for sure yeah we can um be sure to send you an email as soon as it's uh, up on our website the article Uh 
Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you guys. See you soon. Take care. Bye. 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 All right. So I was wondering if you could start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your name, your hometown, the sport you'll be doing in the challenge, and if you're comfortable sharing your age as well with us. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name, Patricia Kittleberger. I was born and raised in St. Thomas, Ontario. Um, however, I've, I've spent many years in other places across Canada. So I've also lived in Calgary and Winnipeg as well. Um, the sport that I'm going to be doing in the challenge is, uh, paddleboarding. So SUP, I'll be part of team SUP, um, working with the Codwell youth in the final five kilometers of the challenge, which I'm so excited about. Um, uh, and my age, yeah, I'm 44 years old. So I know some of the team members are a bit younger than me, so I'm hoping to be able to keep up to the to the younger group, but yeah, I'm really excited to be a part of it. Awesome. And we're so excited to have you. I really feel like, I'm not sure about the age of everyone, but I feel like it's skewing towards the 40s, which I think is really awesome, you know, like why, no need to like slow down or stop, just keep yeah. going. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your story with stand-up paddleboarding and how you got into it? Yeah, absolutely. So paddleboarding for me, I've been uh, doing this for about three or four years. I was kind of thinking about this. When did I start paddling? And um, I started actually traveling with a group um, that's called Wild Women Expeditions. Um, I got caught up with them and I attended this event that they were holding in Perry Sound called Women on Water. And I was really interested in the event because it was all primarily women and it was a skills sort of weekend where they teach you how to paddleboard or kayak or canoe, whatever your interest was linked with. Um, and so I booked uh, this weekend for myself and I went up there and I was introduced to paddling um, with that group and I immediately fell in love with it. And so I spent the weekend on the water and it was like, you know, I was actually super excited about getting up at like 530 in the morning, oh go have coffee and get out on the water, you know, so, and I've been um, doing, I've been paddling ever since it just, it created, I don't know, it just lit this fire within me, you know, when you're on the water and you're on the paddleboard, especially like, you know, in the morning and it's calm and it's quiet and you hear noises you don't hear every day when you're stuck in the city or you're working and, yeah, so I got started with them and I just, I haven't stopped. I just keep going. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah. And it actually, it kind of floats right into our next question really while you're speaking about the tranquility of the morning on the lake and that just sounds gorgeous. And it, it makes me want to ask, um, do you have a favorite memory of your time on Lake Erie? On Lake Erie, wow. You know, and I was thinking about that because you know, when I first learned, when I was first introduced to paddling, it was primarily just on like smaller bodies of water that always were very calm. Um, so you never really had to worry about, you know, strong currents or waves or anything like that. And then I'm about 15 minutes. So I live about 15 minutes away from um, Lake Erie. I'm really close to like Port Bruce and, and Port Stanley. So I started initially paddling in Port Bruce. That was where I was spending a lot of my time. And it became more of, you know, you get your solace of going out on the board in Lake Erie and, and 
one of my favorite memories was going out there and it was, it was later in the day, um, not getting quite dark, but it was later in the day. And I took a paddle towards the cliffs. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the area, but I was taking a paddle towards the cliffs um, in Port Bruce. And it's, there's like a lot of clay and things like that, but the water was very calm and there wasn't many people around and it was so quiet. And I laid out on my board and was staring up at the sky and wherever I looked, there was water, you know, the cliffs, it was just absolutely beautiful. And I went, it was the first time I could honestly say my mind just closed out everything. And it was just absolute quiet in the mind. And I went, how could people not love this? You know, and so that was my first experience in Lake Erie on the on the board where I really started to kind of cruise around and, and you know, get the feeling for it um, was with those cliffs there. But that's when I, I noticed that it's changing, that there's a lot of change happening in, in Lake Erie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I because I grew up in the area, um, I was thinking back to how much it has actually changed, you know, with the cliffs falling away, um, with the water levels changing, um, that particular area has lost probably half of its beach. Um, so it's, there's a couple of facets to that, that sort of fascinate me A is the power of water. I think that we as humans completely underestimate, Mm -hmm. but then there's also, you know, the changing of the environment. I think that's, you know, a lot related to how we treat, um, the areas, but also, you know, just climate in general and the effects that these powerful forces have on the earth. And until you sit back and think about, you know, your childhood, about, you know, oh my gosh, it used to look like this. Or I remember when, and you start having these conversations with people. And and then I think that's when you really realize the depth in which our lakes have actually changed. You know, so. You've been able to see those changes happening. That's crazy that in, what's the time span for that, that you were seeing these cliffs and experiencing them and then noticing that these changes are happening. Has that been a few years or has that been a little bit longer than that? It's been a few years that I would say that I've actually spent time focusing on and noticing the changes Mm -hmm. um, within the lakes and the areas surrounding the lakes. I think before that, it's always kind of been there, the dynamics in which they change. Um, but I never really, you know, as a kid growing up, it was just kind of like, I just didn't focus on those types of changes. But now, you know, since I've entered this world of paddling and and finding this passion, you know, my focus is, is more on, you know, the elements rather than on less important things that I would say that were maybe going on in my teen years and, and stuff like that. So I think, yeah. So since entering the paddling world is is I find myself spending more time focusing on the changes um, that have been taking place around. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, like not awesome that the changes are happening, but awesome that it's helped you create this connection to where you are and where you live and everything that's happening around you. Mm-hmm. And then again, that ties really beautifully into our next question of, is this part of what made you want to get involved in the Lake Erie Challenge this year? Yeah, um, you know, 
it, it really is because in the last few years, as I've been noticing these changes, one of the questions I've been asking myself, and I think everybody kind of asks themselves, you know, where, where can I make a positive, impactful change? You know, and if you can tie that impactful change into a sport or something that you're passionate about, I mean, you can't ask for a better combination. So getting, you know, getting tied in with, you know, the Freshwater Alliance as, you know, a water ranger and, and starting to do water testing and, you know, doing garbage cleanups and stuff. And, and that's been really exciting. So um, not only am I making a positive change, but I'm meeting a lot of really great, amazing people mm-hmm. that share the same type of passion and mindset. Um, but the challenge itself for me was, it was exciting for for me from a few different aspects actually because the involvement um, with the with the First Nations group um, in this particular challenge is a passion of mine. Um, that because my goal as I progress forward into the paddling world is to share my passion with not just the First Nations community but all communities that. Um, would not otherwise be able to be exposed to these types of sports, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it be financially or community involvement or whether it be, you know, the, just the inability to not know that this even exists. Um, You know, so part of my passion is kind of bring this sport to those types of communities um, moving forward in, and then in behind that, um, you know, you meet a lot of really amazing people that, you know, they all have the same, you know, um, passion for what you're doing, you can learn new things. So with the paddling, you know, I met Derek, um, I took one of his courses, because, you know, Lake Erie has a number of different, you know, ways in which it it it, uh, shows itself. So it can be very calm waters, it can be wavy waters, and you can have a lot of, you know, fun when you're out there paddling. So Um, one of the things that a friend of mine and I decided to do was we wanted to learn how to surf the Lake Erie waves. You know, we had never done it. We had played in the waves with our boards and we thought, you know what, this is super fun, but we should probably learn how to do this properly before we hurt ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, and that's how I met Derek was Derek had taught us how to, um, you know, properly and safely, uh, surf the Lake Erie waves. And, and so I think, the challenge allows me to also step out of my comfort zone. Yeah. You know, and I think everybody kind of needs to learn to do that, you know, to feel that adrenaline rush, to learn that new sport, to, you know, to figure out um, if you don't already know how amazing this particular element is. um, That's a part of our world. If you've never experienced it and how much fun you can have, like, it's so fun. (laughs) Yeah. I, I've actually been inspired. I don't live near a big lake or anything, but my partner and I are trying to find paddle boards. Everything's sold out right now, but yeah. we're going to go paddling like the rivers and everything near our yeah. new place. Um, yeah. I would love to circle back for just a second. You sure. are talking about how you want to bring paddleboarding in the sport to communities that don't usually have access to it. And in particular, you've brought in the Caldwell First Nation and they're going to be paddling the final five kilometers with you and the athletes. Can you tell me a little bit about how that all came about to be this year? Yeah, absolutely. So um, to tie kind of Derek into the conversation, when I when I first met Derek, 
Um, and we had learned that he and I shared, um, you know, the First Nations uh, background. He had attended a number of, of, of First Nations schools growing up. And then myself being a part of the Caldwell First Nation, um, that created the connection between us. And as we talked about our passion for paddleboarding and, and what we wanted to do, um, we, we found ourselves in this position where we both really wanted to bring this sport to, um, you know, the, the nations that, you know, a lot of nations don't have a lot of funding available, you know, their communities and families are, you know, less financially privileged than others. And, you know, First Nations people are, you know, we are water people. That's, you know, that's who we are. We live off the land. And, and um, I think that, you know, knowing that and, and, and doing that in the kind of joy that this sport and, and the water brings to me, I want to find a way to share that with these communities. So having the youth involved was, was something that we thought, you know, a, there's nobody, nobody else is offering this to the youth, um, or even to adults in general. So when we first talked to Codwell First Nation about being a part of, of this challenge, you know, the goal was to be able to introduce the sport and the love of Lake Erie to the youth, you know, to safely teach them how to enjoy the waters, um, you know, see them, you know, they may have never been able to experience or see what wing foiling is or, mm -hmm. you know, surfing or even, you know, being on a paddleboard. So it was exciting for me to be able to, you know, work with the, you know, the next generation of people, um, you know, with this to grow the sport, you know, to bring attention to the things that are happening in our lakes, you know, and there's a lot that I'm uncovering being a part of the Freshwater Alliance that I didn't know before. So I'm in like learning mode. I didn't know about all these different types of algaes and, and what to look for and where they come from and, and, you know, the impacts they're having on our waters. And I thought, if I don't know, who else doesn't know? Mm -hmm. You know, and what better way to introduce this stuff, um, but to our youth who can grow and continue to teach other people and then to grow and continue, hopefully, to have a positive impact on our lakes moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that that's was, awesome. that's our, that's our goal anyways. <laughs> it's a pretty great goal. Yeah. The youth, yeah. And what youth are doing around the world right now, like at home and everywhere, is so inspiring. Um, mm -hmm. They're just they're rising up in a way that I've never encountered before, and I'm just like, yeah. like so, yeah. They're so inspiring. So that's awesome. Oh, that absolutely. Helping. They have yeah. more motivation than I did when I was a youth. I oh talk. yeah. <laughs> when you said you're like not that paying attention to things going on in your teenage years, I was like, yes, I relate. <laughs> Yeah, they are there. There's a great group coming up. I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah. Um, tying into that, you mentioned a little bit about learning about the problems that Lake Erie is facing. And mm -hmm. um, are there any threats to Lake Erie that really concern you in particular? You know, I I can't pinpoint one. Um, one of the things that I told myself during this um, was that. I really needed to place myself in learning mode. So as I mentioned, I, I've been spending more time really just kind of 
acknowledging the changes that are taking place and, you know, being more mindful of what those changes are and taking on, you know, the action of actually learning more, you know, how to recognize, you know, other things that I don't know. So as I mentioned, like, you know, algae blooms, I didn't really know what that was, Mm -hmm. you know, so I taking the time to really understand what they are and the impact they're having on our lakes um, and how we can make a change, you know, how we can, how we can reverse those, those impacts, I think is something that, you know, I want to continue to learn about. I want to continue to learn about things that we can make a change on, you know, how industry is affecting our lakes, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, you know, what species are in our lakes that are invading other species. And I mean, I think that the topic itself is so widespread that it's, I don't, I haven't been able to say, okay, there's just one thing that we need you know, as the human race to fix, I think there's multiple things kind of going on. Mm -hmm. And so I want to take all of those in and, and then try and figure out, you know, as one person, how can I educate others while also taking the action to help correct, you know, how can I do my part to make Mm -hmm. this better? You know, so I can't pinpoint one, but I am learning that there are a lot of different things that are impacting our lakes um, and not in a great way. And I want to figure out what my part is um, to help change that. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm from the BC coast, so I'm the same way where I always just assumed that everything was pretty great. Like, Oh, that's where your fresh water comes from. Like you must, you must have so many rules and regulations, but then you find out that that's not actually the case. But of course we see the same thing all over. We're spewing our sewage into our coastline over here as well, which, yeah. So yeah. it's always good to to know what, what's going on and mm-hmm. what you can, what impact you can make, which, um, yeah, so that's awesome. <laughs> and um, uh, so was, I, you kind of answered this question already, but have you been personally impacted by any of the issues that affect Lake Erie's health? Um, I don't, I don't know so much about whether I personally have been affected by it, but I'm, I see it. I'm noticing it now. Um, and I think that when I think about the impact that it's going to have, I'm more concerned about our, you know, the generations that follow us, Yeah. you know, um, and if we continue down the course that we are going down today, there's, you know, there may not be, you know, over the years, a Lake Erie for children to swim in, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, for somebody to go paddle in or do yoga or to surf. So, you know, trying to imagine what, you know, it would look like even 50 to 100 years from now, you know, and a lot of people think about, oh, that's so far away, it's not going to affect me. No, but it's going to affect my children. Yeah, you know, and my grandchildren, you know, so when I think about my my grandchildren that I have now, I am like, you know, what, what is this body of water going to look like for them growing up? You know, and then how can I educate them so that they can respect the waters and and do their part? So I think it's 
So from a personal, um, impactful thing, it's, it's more about, for me, it's more about how is it going to impact the generations, you know, behind me, you know, and behind us if, um, if we don't do our part now. You want them to have a lake to swim in. I I was reading about how there's so many times there'll be like a pollution warning and they're like, the answer is just don't swim in the lake. And why is the answer not, what can we do about this pollution? Like we want the lake to be there for your kids and my kids and everyone's kids. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause you see a lot of those warnings, you know, yeah. it, you know, it's not safe to swim in. Okay. Yeah. Well, people say, well, I guess we're not going to go swimming today. And yeah. you're right. I think the question needs to be, wow, why is the lake so polluted? You know, what can we do to prevent exactly. that from happening? Exactly. Like, we're just not asking the right questions. Yeah. It's being too normalized that the pollution is a part of life yeah. when yeah. the reality is that it isn't and that we should be, we should be doing something about it. But even on social, when they advertise um, um, those things about, you know, don't swim in the, you know, don't swim in the lake right now, there's too much pollution. Um, I think it would be more advantageous for them to say, why is it polluted? You know, mm-hmm. why, you know, yes, we understand there's pollution, but where did that come from? Yeah. You know, why, you know, why is it unsafe? for us to be in there, you know, what can we do? And I think, I think we just, we forget about the important piece of it. Mm -hmm. I think that would be really powerful to let people know what the cause is. Yeah. Changing the message. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think we're onto something here. (laughs) (laughs) I think we are too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to keep this in mind. Um, so one, one of our final questions is, what does it mean for you to come together with other Lake Erie citizens for this challenge? Oh, my goodness. It, um, it's opened me up to, you know, this, this whole world. You know, I see, you know, when I, when I talk to the folks that are involved in this challenge and you can see the excitement and the passion in their expressions, you know, coming up with different ideas to you know, how do we get the message out? You know, how do we bring this very important um, event uh, to people's to people's awareness so that they know that these things are, are happening is, you know, it's absolutely amazing to me that, A, I'm very honored and privileged to be able to be a part of this challenge. Um, and I, and I hope that that through this challenge that the part that I'm going to play you know, will impact the people that I know, and maybe the people that I don't know, it's going to bring awareness, you know, and I think that even though the challenge itself is is sort of spread over a day, um, and it's going to be an, an amazing challenge and fun, and absolutely physically challenging. Um, I don't think it stops there. You know, it can't stop at that day. It needs to, it needs to continue on, we need to continue to spread the awareness outside of the challenge. I think the challenge um, and the people that are involved in the challenge are all like, you know, big hearted, wonderful people with the, you know, the same goals um, as everybody else is to share the passion for the sport and to bring awareness, you know, to this, you know, to Lake Erie and the challenges that the lake has itself. I think um, I'm just really honored to be a part of it and just really like excited to learn more about it so that I can teach, you know, people that I know about what I've learned. 
It's awesome. Just radiating out from the central point to everybody, to all your networks and communities. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Um, Before we end, oh yeah, I do have, I was wondering if you could share a fun fact about yourself for our listeners today. (laughs) You know, it's funny because of, you know, a fun fact about one of the things that I will tell you is I'm not very good about talking about myself. So I actually called my daughter and I said, what is a fun fact about me? <laughs> you know, because I'm like, what could I possibly say? Um, but a, you know, I think that for me, I'm, um, I'm really lighthearted kind of person. I love to go with the flow. I love to, you know, the turtle is sort of who I am, you know, and that's the best way she said I could describe you. Mom, you're like a turtle. You just kind of go with the flow. You love the water and, you know, just kind of being around and stuff, which is super exciting. But one of the things just like outside of paddling is so I'm an adventure junkie and I can best describe that in um, uh, zip lining. So I really love to zip line and I don't know what it is, if it's the adrenaline rush behind it. Um, but yeah, if, if there's a zip line, I'm doing it and it's like the speed, the wind in the air, but one of the most memorable, um, zip lining experiences I had was when I went to Los Cabos a couple of years ago and <laughs> it's, you know, when I think back to it, I'm like, oh my God, I'm, you know, that wasn't very smart of me, but So it was over like this canyon and I was going, I can't remember how fast, but I was going fast and I got distracted by the view of the ocean out in the distance as I'm going over this canyon. Um, And I was coming to, so I, moral of the story is break a lot earlier than you should, because it's a pretty hard stop, (laughs) but um No, it's, uh, but again, it was just, it was the water that distracted me. And I, I, you know, I seen the water on the other side and uh, yeah, so I'm just, you know, I'm full of adventure. I love to try new things. I love being pushed out of my comfort zone to see, you know, what else can you experience? You know, I think we spend too much time, um, you know, working and not enough time living. And that's something that, you know, I've been learning to do for the last, you know, several years is, you know, life, we're here to live life and to, to have amazing experiences and to meet amazing people, you know, around the world and just learn. Yeah. So that's, that's what I got. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm imagining you're just like slamming into the end of that zip line too. <laughs> oh my God. It was my, yeah. And that's a slamming is exactly, you know, because I hit that so hard. My teeth chattered. Oh my gosh. And they're looking at me and they're going, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I got my adrenaline. I got my ocean view. Oh, yeah, it was kind of like your, you know, it's just like this free thing, you know, you've got your arms out, you got the ocean view, the wind's blowing in your hair and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Oh crap. Break. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and your very insightful answers. That was awesome. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, and then just to start, uh, we know your name is Brad. And if I could get your hometown and your age, if you don't mind sharing that. Sure, no problem. Uh, I live in Port Colborne in the Niagara region of Ontario, and I am 35. 
Awesome. Thank you. And so you're a very avid stand-up paddleboarder. So I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your story or yeah, your story and your origins with the sport. Sure. Not a problem. Um, I used to, uh, I spent 10 years overseas living in the UK and I was a surf instructor there. Um, and the school, uh, when the sport came out back in 2008, nine, when it really started to uh, blossom, um, we took it on as a flat water alternative and uh, just sort of picked it up from there. I used to teach it and um, uh, we, we, would, we would use it as an alternative to surfing. It soon became a hobby um, when there wasn't surf, uh, to cover some distance, to travel with it, you know, to, to become a, a little bit more, um, uh, as a fitness uh, possibility. And then it got into more as the time has come on to do more like, uh, things like racing, um, cover larger distances, distances that are, you know, uh, a little bit more challenging rather than just, um, you know, a quick hour or two here. Cool. So it sounds like you were a really early adopter of the sport. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the sport's been around a really long time. Like if you talk to somebody from the islands, uh, the Polynesian islands or Hawaiian islands, they, they will tell you that this type of um, sport has existed. Um, it was a method of transportation where they would stand up in their canoes, but the mainstream sport that we call stand up paddleboarding. Yeah. It was sort of in that sort of 2007, eight, nine, where we really saw uh, mainstream sort of take it on. Um, and then I, uh, yeah, like just the opportunity through the surf school I was working for that uh, I was able to get my hands on it. And um, I've done it since then. Awesome. That's really cool. And that's a cool touchback to that historic origin of it as well. That's a good, yeah. a good point to remember. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about your favorite memory of Lake Erie? Yeah, sure. Um, it's funny. I, I, I was thinking about that and uh, trying to go back to, I grew up around Lake Erie. I was on it since I was a kid. We've had a boat on it um, my entire life. Like it was very vacation times. It was, it was just everything. So, I mean, as a kid, I, I spent a lot of time on the lake and uh, I, I, going back in my thoughts that we once uh, one summer um, when I was a bit younger, maybe I was about 12. Um, my family and I went and we did a circumnavigation of Lake Erie. So we left Port Colborne and did a full loop on our boat um, around the lake and got to see, you know, some of the American side right down at the end, um, you know, went to Sandusky, Ohio, went to the, the amusement park. We went to Putten Bay and Peely Island and, uh, you know, um, mooring in these really remote places you can't get to. And it just felt like you were like in an adventure. You felt like you were overseas, you know, uh, cruising the, you know, pine tree, Bahamas. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was just a really cool memory. I remember as a kid. That's awesome. How long did that take you to go all the way around? We did three weeks, three weeks, three weeks and we were able to do it. You couldn't stay long anywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, but, uh, there was some places you didn't want to stay long. Some that were, you know, we, we spent a few nights more than one and, but yeah, it was, a, it was a really cool trip. That sounds fantastic. That's amazing. Were you sailing or were you in a speedboat? No, it was a powerboat. It, okay, cool. it was a live aboard powerboat. Um, okay, it had cool. to be sizable enough to fare the weather, but also house four of us. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Awesome. And I've heard that you've had a little bit of an interesting history with the Lake Erie Challenge and how you got involved with it. So can you tell a little us bit. Yeah. about that? Sure. I, I, I'm not sure which capacity I'm allowed to say this, but so basically I, I, I uh, stumbled across it. So as a, as a surfer, I'm part of a, um, a surf club called the uh, Wildwood uh, Surf Club. Wildwood Surf Club is established on Lake Erie in the 60s, and it's one of the longest standing surf clubs of the Great Lakes. 
And uh, as a club, we're very conscientious about, um, you know, the, uh, the health of the Great Lakes because of the fact that we're engulfed in them, we're in them, right? So um, for the last few years, we do beach cleanups and do, you know, certain incentives to make sure that we're doing uh, our best to clean up where we can locally. So as I, um, I was doing a lot of racing last summer, virtual racing, because uh, of the first year of COVID, but uh, uh, I came across the Freshwater Alliance and I just followed them on Instagram and followed them on Facebook. And then uh, I saw that the Lake Erie Challenge, but it was based down at the west end of Lake Erie and I couldn't make the event. So I reached, I reached out to the uh, organization and said, listen, I can't come down there. But um, I, at that point they had uh, 50 kilometers was the goal and they were splitting it up between swimmers, kayakers, and a couple of paddleboarders. I says, listen, I, I, I want to generate some money. I have a, an organization group around here that we kind of do this anyways. And I want to raise some money and I want to send it to you guys. I said, but I want to do the 50 kilometers on my own. I'm, I'm going to do the whole distance on, as a paddler just because I didn't have anybody here from the Freshwater Alliance. So I was an unofficial member. I it wasn't <laughs> sanctioned, but uh, you know, they, they let me bolt on cause I raised a couple of bucks and um, uh, I did, I did it on the same day as the rest of the athletes did. And uh, yeah, I was able to paddle. I did 50 kilometers and it took me just somewhere in the five and a half hour range, almost wow. six hours. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I was going to ask how long it took and yeah. you must've been sore the next day. You don't, yeah. is that a usual yeah. distance for you in a race? No, or is that a no, <laughs> no. 50 kilometers is the most I've done in one stint. Like I've done that over, you know, say like uh, portaging or camping for a weekend, but um, like to do 50 kilometers solo, you know, with intentions of getting a good time and completing this task. That's the first time I've ever done a distance of that uh, magnitude. That's awesome. What an accomplishment. And yeah. this year you're officially a part of the <laughs> yeah. team. <laughs> yeah. That was my tryout. So yeah. I don't have to do 50 kilometers this year. <laughs> no, we won't make you go that far this year. Oh, oh that's awesome. Yeah. But you touched on this a little bit with, uh, you were talking about that surf organization that you're a part of, but yep. there's a lot of threats to Lake Erie's health. And are there mm -hmm. any in particular that really concern you um, personally? Yeah, I, I you know, it's one of those things you take for granted. The lake is there. Everybody knows it's there and they, you know, we shouldn't pollute in it. Shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that. And nobody really understands what, how it directly affects them. You know, I, uh, I work in a mechanical business and, um, you know, we have down here in the Niagara region, we have Lake Erie, the Niagara river and Lake Ontario all within 30 minutes of each other. Mm. So this, this waterway system is in our uh, community. And a lot of people do don't understand, you know, that it produces power. It produces wastewater solutions, you know, all the uh, drinking water. So, um, you know, when you think of it like that and you think, well, geez, your entire um, area, the, your life does have the Great Lakes involvement. And you start to think, well, what, what's the best thing for it? So when you, you brought these questions to me, you know, I, I think as a surfer, paddler, uh, you know, a submersion sport, so divers, for example, you know, I big concerns such as algae. We don't get the blooms down at this end because there's so much water flow with the Niagara River. But mm. uh, a coli um, is is an issue down here um, as the wa weather warms up, and I mean global warming, right? So as the lakes get warmer, the fish populations, things, the, it, healthy lake, healthy environment, right? Yeah. And uh, so many people take that for granted that they think, oh well, I don't live on the lake, so I don't get to benefit from it. But really, they don't understand that you know their power could very well be generated from it, or their the wastewater pollution systems that we have are are based around the uh, the, the health of the lake. Yeah, yeah, it's so true, and. 
you definitely, I think it's the same all over, as I said, I'm from BC, people just take for granted what we have here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The beauty, it becomes a daily thing, right? You just, you drive by it as if it's just always been there. But, uh, you know, I I 100%, uh, you know, you you stop and think, but it's one of those things that if it's in your day to day life, I think it's a little bit more top of mind. Yeah, awesome. Kind of jumping off of that question, has there been any time where you've been personally affected by any of the issues that are taking place in Lake Erie? Um. Not not directly affected in terms where it, um, you know, for example, put me uh, in hospital or anything like that. I, I think, again, it's just a lot of little illnesses um, amongst fellow surfers, family members, just from, you know, poor wa- uh, water quality and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, poor choices in the areas that people swim and knowing that there are key areas that, you know, see more pollution, uh, um, increased uh, pollution into the lakes, whereas uh uh, alternate places are, are cleaner so that that um understanding of you know the fact that that shouldn't be happening or that you know that needs to be massively cut back or reduced i think that's probably the biggest effect is just because you know i can go surfing in july and august and i'm more likely to get ear infections eye infections all these infections because of the quality of water well wow. i mean that's when everybody puts their kids in the water swimming and you know that's yeah. beach days and you know to think that that's the time that people are going to get ill um, so that, and I have a, I have a young son and, uh, you know, to me, I think, well, what's going to happen when I'm dead and gone, you know, what's going to happen to my grandchildren or their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, so we got to continue to look after it now. Yeah. You want them to be able to go into the water too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, stepping forward from that, mm-hmm. what does it mean for you to come together with other Lake Erie citizens for this challenge? Well, I, I mean, what it means to me, it means that, um, you, you know, there's, there's hope. <laughs> it means yeah. that there's other like-minded people out there that are concerned and that there is a voice. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, I mean, getting together and completing something that maybe makes a, a ripple um, in, in people's mindsets and it touches different communities in different ways and how they are involved. I, I think it just all helps, right? It's got to help. You think about, they've been talking about plastics, um, you know, single-use plastics for decades, but all of a sudden in 2020 and, you know, the 20th century, all of a sudden big, big businesses are starting to reduce their consumption and their output of it. So eventually it's just more and more we do, the more and more we can get done. And, um, you know, getting together with people like this, just, you know, we're all speaking the same language for the same good cause. Yeah, the beginning of a grassroots organization can grow to be something huge. Yeah, exactly, right? It doesn't, you know, everybody does their little part of it all, but really, and then you have a power of an organization that possibly could get the message further than say, you can at your local beach cleanup. Well, hey, why wouldn't you, right? Mm -hmm, Exactly. Cool. Well, we're going to end it off on a little bit of a lighter note. So I'm wondering okay. if there is a fun fact about yourself that you would like to share. With our Do you know audience. what I said? I, I, I made some notes. You asked me to make some. I've looked that over and I have nothing in that column because I genuinely I'm, I'm not sure what a fun fact would be. Um, so, I, I mean, this will probably need to be edited, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't, I don't know what to put. Do you want uh, something that's... Um, you know, related to what I do, or I, I don't know. I can ask you a question. I'm curious about you that I think. Go would be ahead, a fun fact. please. 
Yeah. yeah. So you're very involved in water, the water world. How many yeah. water sports do you do? How many sports okay. do you do? Yeah. So uh, as, a, as a whole, I do um, so surfing, stand-up paddleboarding. Uh, I uh, sail. We, we do uh, sailing um, uh, like racing. Which mm-hmm. is which is uh, totally fun, and then there's all the fun stuff like uh, snorkeling, a bit of diving, um, some fishing. But uh, I mean, this, the main sports would probably be the uh, surfing, sailing, and uh, paddling. Awesome. Well, how can anyone who wants to see all that that you're doing? How can they find you online? Uh, I. The big, if you uh, want them to. yeah, no, I, by all means, more than happy for anybody. Like I said, you know, uh, it's all about exposure. We want to raise awareness for these types of things. And if anybody looks up anything that I put on social media, they're going to find that I, I truly am immersed in the, uh, in, in the water and, and definitely around Lake Erie, you know, I'm, it's, it's part of my everyday, every thought I'm constantly looking for, uh, surf and wind and, you know, uh, wave height and wave, water temperature and quality. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, Every day, the the apps on my phone would tell you that I I look at weather patterns and systems and winds more than I do anything else. So, um, but to find me, uh, I mean, you search my name, Brad Petrus on Instagram. That's probably the best way, Facebook. But uh, yeah, hopefully in the upcoming, uh, what do we got now? Almost two two and a bit months before the challenge happens, Lake Erie challenge happens. That's right. Um, You'll start to see some training regimens and some uh, specific posts on what we're doing. Yeah. You'll find those on the CFA soon. There you go. Cool. So before we close out, uh, is there anything you want to mention that we haven't talked about? Um, nope, nothing. Just happy to get involved. Happy to be part of this, uh, awesome. this and uh, on official capacity this year. And, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, looking forward to the challenge, looking forward to uh, paddling in a new area with a, a new group of people. And um, yeah, so just follow the challenge donate some money, clean up the lakes, and uh, let's take care of things. Love it. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Ashley. Hello, I'm Ashley. I'm here. I'm the communications manager at the Canadian Freshwater Alliance, and I'm here with Derek Hyatt. Is that how you say it? That's correct. Perfect. And he is the owner of Freshwater Surf Goods, and we're here to chat a little bit about the Lake Erie Challenge, what it is, what's going to happen, and how he's going to be a part of it. So hi, Derek. Nice to chat with you today. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Ashley. I'm happy to be here. Cool. So I was wondering if we could start with you telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, what you do, what's are, and that kind of thing. Sure. It's cool to be on the other end of the recording, so that's pretty fun. Um, yeah, so my name is Derek Hyatt. I'm originally from a small town in Ontario called Leamington, the most southern point of Canada. So I grew up there on the shores of Lake Erie. Um, and so, you know, the, the lake was always an important part of my life. Um, grew up fishing and going down to Seacliff Park and, and playing in the water. And then I got in the habit as a kid, anytime there would be a storm or a system come through and the waves were kicking up, I'd like to go down to the beach and I'd uh, just go body surfing and horse around in the water. Um, at that time, I had no idea about the capability, the possibility of surfing in the Great Lakes and stand up paddleboarding certainly wasn't a thing or around really when I was uh, growing up. So. 
Yeah, so, um, but I've been living out in BC for quite a while. For 12 years, I was living in Vancouver up until last summer. So I just returned fairly recently back to Ontario, where I'm running this really cool podcast you're listening to right now called Permastoke. And I teach paddleboard in surfing lessons, uh, typically in Bruce County on the Northern Bruce Peninsula. So anybody listening want to come up for a beautiful weekend out on the water, hit me up, freshwatersurfbids.com. Little plug right off the top. I love it. I actually went to Leamington a while a while back, and it is known as the tomato tomato capital of the world. Is that true? You're absolutely correct. So Leamington is really positioned nicely in the Great Lakes where it, there's really, really great fertile soil there, perfect for growing tomatoes. So yeah, it's the tomato capital of Canada. When I grew up, the H.J. Heinz factory was there. Um, best tomatoes you know you'd stop at the roadside stands those places where you drop a loony in the uh in the glass jar on the honor system and <laughs> take your tomatoes or cucumbers and they were just fantastic and so over the years whenever i have a tomato from the grocery store it's just not the same uh, and we used to have something called the tomato fest growing up it was this festival held every year <laughs> Um, where they'd stomp tomatoes and throw tomatoes and we'd have bands and stuff. But sadly, that has gone by the wayside. So, Oh, no. Yeah, no I, tomato that, festival. I know. That was a really cool tradition. It's it's really sad. Since that plant closed down, the, the town has really uh, changed in that way that the industry, it's just really not there as much. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of those sort of factory jobs like that most people would work at one of the big three car companies down there in windsor mm -hmm. otherwise it's a pretty like blue collar um, rural area it's a beautiful place though lots of yeah, obviously right on the lake and gorgeous sites and i believe point peely's nearby as well if i'm remembering correctly that is absolutely correct point peely national park yeah so there's this sort of almost like a rivalry between Leamington and the neighboring town claiming who's the most Southern town. Mm -hmm. um, but Leamington easily wins ever since Point Keeley was amalgamated into the township. Mm -hmm. so there's really no debate anymore. Awesome. Well, it sounds <laughs> like you have a lot of really great memories from your time growing up there. And I'm wondering if you can tell me, do you have a favorite memory of Lake Erie that really stands out among all of them? Yeah, you know, growing up, I just, I can remember the very first time I went fishing. It was with my stepdad. I was probably five or six years old, maybe younger, actually, maybe, no, five or six. That sounds about right. And we went out on a boat out in the lake. And he, I have a picture of that. I caught like seven fish and, and he caught one they were all perch and pickerel um so that was sort of one of my earliest introductions was through my stepdad but also my father actually i was even younger than five this one is the one that really stands out when i was probably four or five my dad took me down to a place called east mercia beach which is on the drive to um, Point Pelee. 
And so anyhow, there was this, uh, there's these two kind of break walls there. And I was just a little kid, super skinny, probably not even four feet tall yet. And I was standing on the water's edge and I was, but I wasn't looking at the water. I was looking towards shore and, you know, just being a kid playing around in the water. And it was quite wavy that day. And this wave kind of came out of nowhere. Well, probably not out of nowhere, but I wasn't watching. But anyway, this wave came and it just like engulfed me. Like it went right over my small body. And I just remember it pulled me back into the water, sort of dragged me along the, the, the bed of the lake. And then it just sort of grabbed me and catapulted me back towards shore. Like the wave just picked me right up and then slammed me on the ground, all underwater. So that wow. sort of provided the cushion. And I remember all the little rocks that were down there. The, the wave grabbed those little rocks and picked them up and then it sort of pelted those at me. <laughs> and I remember that very vividly because that was this experience where I could have been like, oh, mom dad i'm scared or you know something to that effect but instead i had no idea at the time but really it was like the beginning of this love affair with the water like i really think in a way i became stoked in that moment like that was when i discovered waves and how um dangerous they can be but also how fun they can be too and when you learn how to harness that energy so that is my memory that's awesome. I feel like that's something that a lot of people might take and kind of develop a fear from, but instead you really shifted it and made it into something really positive. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, I was afraid of dogs and anything else. So I'm kind of surprised that that did go that direction. You're right. Yeah. Maybe you just needed to be roughhoused by a dog as well. Maybe you would have yeah, seen the other side. I love dogs now, but when I was a kid, we didn't have one. So, you know, a big dog going by, it's pretty scary too. So Yeah, that's true. Especially when they're almost as tall as you are. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're involved in what we call our Lake Erie Challenge, and you're going to be paddleboarding with us. And I thought I would talk a little bit about what the Lake Erie Challenge is, and then you could tell, tell us about why you chose to get involved with it this year. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I'm fairly new to, to being back in the province of Ontario. I moved back in August 2020. And ever since I got back and the Permastook podcast has really been growing and, and gaining some momentum and speed, um, I thought it was important to reach out to some uh, some green, some, you know, company, plant agencies that are doing good work with the water and uh cleaning up pollution and stuff like that. So I I did a podcast recording with Surf Rider. I did one with uh, Swim, Drink, Swim, Eat, Drink, Fish Canada. Swim, Fish, Drink? It's one of those, yeah. Drink, Fish Canada. Yeah, with Mark Matson, the ED there. He was so cool. Um, and then I wanted to check out Freshwater Alliance. So when I had a conversation with Raj Gill from Freshwater Alliance, just to learn a little bit about what, the, the agency was all about. That's when she brought up to me this idea of the Lake Erie Challenge. And 
I've been a little slow to get in the water this year. Normally, by this time of year, we are at May 27th. Normally, by this time, I would have been in the water for a couple months already. I'd be in pretty good shape, um, and I'd be off to the races. This year, with the move, and you know, we just bought a house, and and the business, and there's just a million moving pieces. I've been a bit slower to get in the water. I've been in the water, but not as regular. So I sort of like the idea of having a goal in mind for the year, something to work up to and train for. Um, so that was part of it was to get myself motivated and get my butt in gear. But more so than that, um, Lake Erie, even though I live on Lake Huron now, Lake Erie is my home lake. I care about it incredibly. Uh, I'm not a very scientific person. I couldn't tell you, you know, what's wrong with it and all the allergy. I trust you guys. Things aren't <laughs> things aren't going great with certain aspects of it. So I just want to bring awareness to that. Um, and through my part, which is riding stand-up paddleboards and let the agency provide the educational piece for, for everybody. But Lake Erie is close to my heart, and if it wasn't there when I was growing up or it wasn't available to do leisure activities in, then the trajectory of my life would look a lot different. So for me, it's important to support that and pay that forward, and I want that lake thriving for other people to enjoy. Um, yeah, so it's just really close to me geographically in that sense. And then... Um, for anybody out there listening who knows Larry Cavero, um, a lot of people do really well-known Great Lakes surfer. He had this idea for something he's coining called um, Your Lake, Your Wave, which is his idea for getting uh, Indigenous youth out surfing and stand-up paddleboard. And I have a lot of interest in um, Indigenous issues and, and things like that. I went to school for that. I work with various communities it's very close to my heart anybody who listens to the show is aware of the land acknowledgement at the beginning and, and stuff like that which for you is not very uncommon but here in Ontario I'm finding actually it's it's not a standard practice the way it was in BC to be doing land acknowledgement so mm. it's important to me to bring some of that stuff um, whenever I have that opportunity and one of the students that I had last summer, her name is Patricia, and she'll be on the show as well. Uh, she's First Nations, and she's from Caldwell First Nation in Leamington. So I sort of was talking to her and telling her about, you know, Larry's idea, which I also really liked, and, and Larry and I talked about doing together, possibly. Um, so when I talked to her about that, it just sort of made sense that she had this connection with the Caldwell First Nation, which just so happens to be in Leamington, which just so happens to be where we're paddling by. Um, so the other component for me, I'm really stoked to be meeting those Indigenous youth, to seeing their connection with the water and what it means to them. Um, and I'm just really glad I can be a part of an event that even provides that platform or opportunity for both them and us. That's awesome. And those Indigenous youth from Codwell, they'll be paddling in for the last couple of kilometers of the challenge with you. Is that right? Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to paddling into shore with those kids. Um, absolutely. It's going to be beautiful, I think. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome event. I'll maybe take it back just a second there and say that 
for anyone who's curious that the Lake Erie challenges are yearly 50 kilometer open water event where athletes like Derek are going to go the distance to raise awareness for Lake Erie and all of those problems that it's facing right now that you touched on before, like algae and plastic pollution and climate change. We're kind of trying to let everyone know what's going on and let them know how they can also step up and make a difference. And this is one of the ways we're doing that. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I'm not made of money, but I (laughs) have been given some talent and passion for paddleboarding. So this is an avenue where I can contribute. That's awesome. I love that being able to put your passion into action that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there any way that you've been personally impacted by the issues that Lake Erie is facing right now? You talked about how you got, you had the opportunity to grow up on the lake and go out there and it really shaped, helped shape who you became as you grew up. And I'd imagine if, these algae blooms are getting worse or just the problems that are facing the lake are kind of growing every year. That might not be a possibility for kids in the future. And I imagine that's something that would probably be devastating for you to hear. For sure. Yeah. So for me, my childhood was in the eighties and nineties. And so even then the, the Leamington waterfront, um, what we refer to as Seacliff Park, there's a dock there and the water would wash up. And that's exactly where I started surfing. But even back then, it was just full of brown sludge and grossness. And every summer, you know, you hear about these E. coli warnings and E. coli levels. And it seems to me that it has become the expectation that the water is unclean and let's find out when it is clean so we can go in it and i think there's a big problem with that um it really should be the other way around we should be defaulting to a clean lake and being made aware of when it's dirty and what are we going to do about it so um i just i just really think that uh that needs to that needs to change and even for people to know that that's not that's not right that's not normal and uh, actually one of the things that I did learn from swim drink fish Mark Matson that he talked about in another episode he brings up the fact that typically people just put out these band-aid solutions like oh no swimming here um, but what does that do long term? That's doing nothing to actually protect the lake. It's protecting you from going in it, but it's not actually changing the state of the lake. So we need to be doing more. And so this is an opportunity for me to be a part of something that will bring that awareness to the surface. Yeah, definitely. We don't want, and it's not even a solution to say can't swim because that's just taking the opportunity away and you don't want to make that become the new normal or the new, like, which it almost, I would say, is right now. Yeah. Rather than, like you're saying, having that clean space that you can go to and enjoy. I mean, I feel fortunate. I've not seen a terrible amount of certain pollutions in the lake. Like, I mean, you know, you hear stories about people surfing in mounds of plastic and stuff like that i mean i haven't seen anything quite that bad on lake erie i'm sure there's places um but regardless 
I just think there needs to be a whole shift in thinking around around our lakes. Um, I mean, around everything really, but but right now we're focused on the lakes. So I think it's really important to bring that home. I agree 100%. Um, before we sign off, I just want to know, is there any, is there like a fun fact or anything that you'd like to share about yourself so we can end on a little bit of a higher note? Oh, I'm sure there's lots of fun facts, um, but sort of what's come to my mind that you've brought to the attention of my mind, another very cool memory, if you will, on Lake Erie um, was in the late 90s or early 2000s, one of the two, um, during one of those tomato festivals I told you about. The, mm-hmm. beach boys, the beach boys actually came and performed um you know they're not they weren't exactly in their prime it was the 1960s <laughs> but still it was really cool to have the beach boys in our town and for me as a surfer and actually like a big fan like i really like the beach boys i was pretty stoked that they were there and you know at one time the beach boys were synonymous with the beatles so it was so it's, it's kind of a big deal so anyhow me and my friend, we were there that day surfing. There was waves, and the Beach Boys saw us when we came up to shore, and they actually waved us up. So we got to go on stage with our surfboards, and we were dancing around, and you know, it's a big crowd and stuff. And that was just a lot of fun. That was a really cool memory for me. And if anybody's listening to this, and you were at that concert, I would love you. There's got to be photos of us, and I've never seen a photo of us, and I'd love to get my hands on a photo of us on stage with the Beach Boys, the highlight really being uh, Mike Love. Um, so anyhow, that was really cool. So that's, that's a fun awesome. thing. I performed with the Beach Boys on stage, goofing around on my surfboard. That's awesome. That's amazing. I would love to see that photo of you on your first fishing trip with all those fish you caught. Oh, actually, I could provide that, yeah. Yeah, please do. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, Derek, for being on the podcast today, your own podcast. It was really great chatting with you, and we'll see you at the Lake Erie Challenge. Nice. Thanks, Ashley. Your Thank work that you. uh, you're doing is much appreciated and, and very much a part of the competition, or sorry, the event, not the competition. And it's really too bad that you won't be able to be there in person, but uh, thanks for being a part of it anyway. It's my pleasure. Okay. That's all for episode number 39 of Permastoked. I hope you all enjoyed listening or watching that one. Man, it was kind of nice to take a back seat and let some other uh, talented individuals lead the show. Thank you so much, guys. Um, Ashley, Kelly, and Julia, what a fantastic job you guys did hosting this episode. Way to go. Thanks again. Like I said at the top of the show, this year, the Lake Erie Challenge, we're hoping to raise at least $7,500. That's $7,500. That's our goal. Uh, And we wish to do this so we can continue and expand our Lake Erie Guardians program throughout 2022. Can't do this without you. Please help us reach our fundraising goal by visiting freshwateralliance.ca slash Lake Erie Challenge and donate today. Mahalo.
like to give a big mahalo to Mark Malibu and the Wasagas for providing our intro music Hey Chihuahua off their 2019 album Crash Monster Beach and our outro music End of Summer off their 2017 album Return of the Wasagas. For more information, visit www.wasagas.com. But of course, mahalo to all you listeners out there. We are so grateful that you chose to join us for this episode, and we look forward to providing you with even more awesome content in the future. More episodes are on their way, but in the meantime, make sure to go back and listen to our previous episodes. Don't miss an episode ever again by subscribing on the Alexa app, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please let us know how we're doing by leaving us a rating and review. And don't forget to share with your family and friends over social media or by spreading the word in the lineup. To learn more about Freshwater Surf Goods and to check out our products and services, visit www.freshwatersurfgoods.com. Sign up for our newsletter so you can stay up to date on new products, new episodes of Permastoked, events, our surf, sup, and yoga schedule, and other exciting news. And don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Freshwater Surf Goods. But if you're part of the surf or sup industry, or a surfaholic wanting to connect with your tribe and stay informed as to what's happening all across the Great Lakes and Canadian surf scene, then join our Facebook group, the All Canadian Surf and Sup Club. If you have an idea for collaboration, would like to recommend a future guest, would like to invite me to an event or book me to teach surf, sup, or yoga, you'd like to carry our products in your store, if you or your company are interested in being a sponsor of the show, discussing an ambassadorship or a bro deal, and for anything else, hit me up on social media or email me at Derek at freshwatersurfgoods.com. That's Derek at freshwatersurfgoods.com, D-E-R-I-K. I look forward to next time and getting to know you all better. In the meantime, I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. Mahalo, freshies. Keep surfing and stay stoked.